0: Archelaus and Megan Grandelmeier. Merging spirituality and business on the Enlightenment
1: Evolution Network.
0: Hey everybody, it's Rachel Archelaus here. I am so glad to be with you. Today we're going to talk about Work and fulfillment, and all of the other lovely things that encompass being a soulful printer. And so, yeah, I'm Rachel Archelaus, and Megan Krendelmeier is also with me.
1: Hi, Rachel.
0: Hi, Megan. Today it is May 12, can't believe it, 2015. And
1: yeah, so, Megan, are you excited about today? Of course I am. I get to chat with Rachel for an hour. It should be really fun. I think we have an interesting topic about careers and, and feeling fulfilled and, and can that come just from a career or or, do you need more than your career? So I think it's an interesting um, thing to discuss. And I think I have opinions on it, but we'll, we'll see.
0: <laughs> yeah, I also want to mention, and Megan helped me realize this, that a lot of people have um connotations around the word career that we are we're not really talking about today. So in in all sense of the word, you can have a part-time job and have a career. You can be a stay-at-home mom and that's your career. We're really just talking about what you do during your day, what how you make money, you know, that kind of thing. So don't count yourself out of this discussion if you don't feel like you have a traditional career in that sense. Um, and so, yeah, Megan and I, we have really different experiences with this where I'm kind of trying to fit everything into one job, as as it could be called. And Megan right now is experimenting with having a bunch of different things going on in her day, and that's really how she's feeling fulfilled. So definitely call in. And
1: Megan, do you have the number? Uh, Sure. It's 347-308-8788. And if you want to ask a question, press 1 on uh, your keypad when you're prompted. Yeah. So
0: I'm just getting settled. You know, I was making lemonade, and (laughs) and I ran out of time, so I had to run upstairs. And then, of course, all my cords were like, sewn together, because you can't have a cord that stays how it should. So I apologize (laughs) if I seem a little scattered, because I am. (laughs) But, um, yeah, so why don't we just start with where we are and, like, you know, what we're doing right now and how that experience is going for you. So right now, I mean, you were trained to have a real traditional career. Like, you were trained as an engineer, and – you probably thought at the time like, okay, I'm going to live my life. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to get, you know, have promotions and I'm going to make a solid income. Like is that kind of what you had set up for yourself?
1: Well, it's definitely what my parents set up for me, and I went mm-hmm. along with <laughs> for sure. Um I I've talked about this before in other shows that when I really look back at my time in college, um I felt fairly uncomfortable the whole time. Um, but I don't regret getting an engineering degree. I'm, I'm proud of that. Um, and I do use aspects of it. But uh, yeah, at the beginning of my life, it was okay, you go to college and then you get a job and you work for somebody else. And you put in 40, 45 hours a week and you get a paycheck and and that's life. And then like you said, you move up and switch jobs and you know, you kind of live that normal existence. So, um, my first job was out in Minneapolis, and in the end, I chose a very tiny company—a uh, husband and wife and me—and then we had. They had another programmer on staff, and they hired another software person like me. But when I joined the company, they were doing consulting um for a bigger company they were um somebody a company would outsource to uh, but they had this new idea for software for the chiropractic industry and so i was brought on along with one other person um to head up this this new software development um and it was something new for them in that they were you know creating something uh new within their business and then they were going to market it and sell it um kind of ironic when i look back because i you know in in the end i ended up as an entrepreneur and and do something like that now but um i so i think that was all really good training but i never did i had one brief uh blip where i i was kind of unhappy with my job and i left and went and worked for the postal service mm-hmm um in but not like the post office i was in a federal building doing some software for um the payroll department there and somehow i thought that would be a good fit for me to be in this like super federal government corporate environment and i lasted 2 months and went back to the original company i was working for so at least, least i yeah, at least I knew that, whoa, 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 that was too too far a shift. <laughs> um, yeah. And really small business is, is where I'm happiest. And and being fairly independent is also um, important to me. And, and um, when I was brought on for that first job, I was like the project lead, the lead programmer. And then they hired a, a second person who kind of worked for me, but we were both working for Um, my boss, Kim. uh, But yeah, but I did have somewhat of a leadership role right out of college. And and that's actually pretty fitting for me and my personality. So so there's a a rambling answer to your question. (laughs) No, it's not
0: a rambling. That was good. So like you felt internally when things had gone a little too structured and you also it seems like things manifested that were also in your zone of genius like being a leader working independently um that kind of thing
1: yeah very much so i i think i was creating it um while fairly asleep <laughs> uh but because i my view of of jobs and and stuff was was not very open you know i just thought that you kind of whoever you would interviewed and then you picked a job and you just did it head down even if you didn't like it you kind Mm -hmm. of grinding through it and uh yeah so I I didn't interview a whole lot I I did have one other interview and, and got an offer and it was kind of low and I and I just didn't quite feel it at that other company and I and I did make the right choice in the end and it. Funny to look back on it now, and I see why I did it and how it prepared me for where I'm at right now. But at the time, I was I was pretty clueless. So I'm envious of you younger people that can um, make these decisions more awake and more more in line with. Hey, I'm creating everything, including these job opportunities. Because uh, yeah, it's kind of nice when you can be more conscious. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and so. I, I know you've told this story as well, but I just kind of want to go to that point where, where, where you were feeling something inside before you decided to work for yourself. So what was that internal feeling that caused you to take your own career into your own hands? Hmm.
1: Well, I. it was funny how it all happened because – after working for this husband and wife i worked four years or so full-time and then i had my daughter and i continued working part-time for them and um at first at home and then i went in a couple days a week and did some work for them and and that was good and it and let me be like mostly a stay-at-home mom with my foot in the door um and what I found was I did really enjoy the customer service aspect of my job, which is once the software was written, we got more into the marketing and selling and training people on it, and I, I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed having more people contact, and and the, the training was fun. I loved light bulb moments with people uh, when it comes to software because I think I can get down and understand where they're at and how I can – get them to build on their current level of understanding to, like, oh, now I get it, computers aren't so scary, and and uh, I enjoy that. Then we moved to back to Connecticut, and I was still working part-time for them um, because, you know, we can do everything via an 800 number and email and so forth. But I did start to feel kind of unsettled. Um, and there was some lack of communication on the part of the company I was working for, uh as far as next steps, because I had – at this point, I was I was the only one really working on the project anymore because the, the husband and wife I was working for, they were kind of full-time consulting for another company. And yet, I didn't feel that ownership of it. They never yeah. really offered me, well, you know, you can have 40% or – yeah, some – so – I was feeling like, geez, I, I will, I've learned a lot here. I've been with them for 10, 11 year, however. Yeah. Like 11 years watched how small business worked, watched even how checks came in. And because, because we were so tiny, I, I did shipping. I did some invoicing. I did some sales calls. I, I did all of it. I did programming. I did customer support. So I realized, gee, I, maybe I could do something on my own. And this was at the time when the internet was starting to blossom and we had the internet uh, for a while, a few years, but websites were few and far between and I um had a because of my education, I naturally uh came out, up to speed on being able to build websites fairly quickly and I found that I really liked it. And I found that I needed a, you know a little more people interaction and so suddenly I found myself Building a website for a friend, then another friend, and then oh, I started to charge a little bit of money, and it just went from there. And I just enjoyed being on my own and and building it. I was still a stay-at-home mom. I still am a stay-at-home mom even today, but uh, I was still being a mom was still a priority, so I didn't have to work forty hours a week, and I didn't have to bring in the income that totally supported us. So that is. Um, one condition I would say that was, I was very fortunate to have. Yeah, that's
0: key. You know, Um, I also just want to point out the fact that, you know, when we call ourselves, I don't know, career woman, that's like so eighties, isn't it? But like we can take, we can take ownership of what we do and what we contribute with our work, even if it's not full time, like even if you are a stay at home mom while you're working and you only work a couple hours a week or, you know, even if you're still cleaning the house at home and you're working on your business on the side, like all of that really counts. And I just, I would love it if more women appreciated that for themselves, you know, because I think there's a big, there's a big thing where, okay, if, if your spouse is the one making most of the money or leaving the home to go and work. It's almost like that's the only career that matters in the family. But I know so many of you out there are slowly building your business or doing it differently and not not wanting to work full-time. You know, But what you do is still a really big influence on the house and it still matters. So I just wanted to say
1: that. <laughs> Well, since we're just coming off of Mother's Day two days ago, um, I can say that yeah, the thing I'm probably most proud of in my life uh, is that I raised a, a beautiful, healthy, emotionally stable daughter. Uh, she's amazing, and and she was my primary job. You know, not that I considered it a job, but. It's a huge responsibility. I do think women can balance and, and do both. They can work and and raise beautiful, healthy children. But, um, yeah, being conscious of that balance and just feeling there is reward there. And it wasn't a check every week, but it was watching this little person blossom. And and now, you know, mine will be eighteen here in a few weeks. And and um, yeah, she's somebody that's ready to go out in the world and take care of herself. So. Yeah, lots of lots of. Jobs. I wear a lot of different hats, but I like a lot of different hats. Um, so yeah, yeah, we'll probably get it get into that in a bit. Yeah. So in my experience, you
0: know, I, I worked a lot of different jobs, uh, mostly in the office support area, like administrative assistance and stuff like that. Um, but I always wanted to work for myself, even when I was just a teenager. And I started a little business when I was 17, and I actually had an online store. It was called Sephiroth Gifts, and I sold, like, crafts and, you know, painted flower pots and stuff like that. And then I had a candle store, and and so I've always been trying this entrepreneurial journey. Um, It didn't have much success early on, but it was still really fun. So it was, you know, enough to cover my Christmas bills, and so that was enough for me for a long time. But then when I really, I kind of woke up one day and I was like, could I do this full time? You know, could I, at that point I was um, being a part-time psychic and I really, I had no idea if it was possible to make a living doing that full time, but I really wanted to see if I could because I just felt so dead at my office jobs. I knew I wasn't contributing my full self like you know like how you felt when you were working for your previous job and you didn't feel that ownership over the product like even though you were basically doing the whole thing you know I knew I was smart enough to to have a business but I just didn't know how I you know I didn't work for a little company where I could really observe so it was a big leap but I really just decided to see if I could do it and um and luckily it worked out. So I've really been on a mission to see if I can be fully expressed in my business and not have to have um, so many different things. Like my natural inclination is really to separate things. Like, okay, work is work and you can be a great employee. You can have that hat on where you know nobody has to know that you're psychic or intuitive or an artist um, because that's what was best for the job. And then you go home and you're, you know, I was doing my painting and um, doing readings over the Internet and, you know, doing all that stuff. And and then I had my relationship and my relationship wasn't really involved in either of those areas. And I've always kind of separated things out, but that hurt, you know, that that wasn't very fun for me. And I think it took a lot more energy than just being myself all the time. I, I'm certainly happier now. And so over the years of building my business, I've really tried to unseparate everything and put everything, that all of me into just one business. So I've included my art. I've included that I love business now that I know how to do it. I've included the psychic part, the teaching part, um, you know, the interacting part, the video part, like all of the things that I love to do maybe except for being at the beach because I moved away from the beach, is <laughs> <It's, laughs> in my business. And I keep trying to um, make it better, like make, make it more cohesive. And so um, that's really what business has allowed me to do. It's allowed me to integrate myself into one being and to share that with everybody through one business and it's definitely not perfect and I do wake up some days where I'm like, man, I wish I could have more fun or why I wish I could be more artistic. Um but then I have a great idea and and it normally follows through. So
1: yeah. Does that make sense, Megan? It does. It does and and um and I think that because you have so many different Interests within the, your your business and, and the spiritual business aspect of what you do, you are getting some nice variety there. You know, you're not just talking about marketing all day or sales pitches and landing pages all day. You also get to do drawings with people and uh, channel for them. And so, I think it's lovely that you know you've you you're broad, yet it is one career.
0: Yeah. I agree. Um, we do have a caller, but if caller, if you want to ask a question or talk to us, just press 1 on your keypad so we know. And if you want to call in and let us know what your career is like, what your work situation is like, if you've ever felt like us where, you know, you were going to a job and just you knew it wasn't right for you anymore, give us a call. It's 347-308-8788. And part of the reason why we're talking about this today is because I'm having a four-part discussion series about all this, about how to add your inner truth, your expression, service, and inspired action into your work. And really, we're talking about, like, is it even possible? Is it possible to have everything in one job? Um, And one thing that I, I really hear a lot from new entrepreneurs is that they they want to give everything away for free um or they're at the point where they've given everything away for free and they can't do it anymore and one thing that i love is that if you work for yourself don't feel bad charging money because then if you have that like time so you're making money you're making good money then you can kind of sneak a few hours away and you know go volunteer at a women's shelter or a homeless shelter or like I spend five hours every Friday volunteering at a place called Save the Family, and I'm there through an organization called Free Arts of Arizona, where they help abused and homeless children heal through arts, so it's like it's a perfect situation where I get to have my business um I get to make money doing the thing that I really love, but then, because of that, I can devote you know a good chunk of my Friday to helping those in need who could never afford, um, what I do or even, you know, who never even would know about what I do. And, and that has been so fulfilling to me to add that into my day into my week. So yeah, I know Megan, you have strong opinions on giving your work away for free too. And you want to talk about like boundaries and about that?
1: I I do have uh, some opinions on that, and it's funny that you said I have strong opinions because I was just talking with my husband the other day about something, and I said, "I'm sorry, I have such a strong opinion on this," and he said, "When do you not <laughs> have a strong opinion?" <laughs> well, um, okay, <laughs> so which is fine. Well, um, my I I think everyone needs to value themselves. And value their knowledge and and what they're doing. And if they truly feel they have something to share with the world that's authentic, they're not faking it. They're you know they're walking and living their truth. Um, then there is nothing wrong with charging for what you know and, and what you can share. Um, you've spent your whole life getting to this point. And you're, you've are you been educated all different ways, maybe formally educated and then experience-wise educated. And um, and that all has value. And in the end, it's just an exchange of energy, really. Money is just an exchange. And so I'm going to help you with something. And in exchange, you're going to give me money. And, and really all that is is you're giving me some energy that then I can use however I choose in my life. Um, but to give away what you know, um, I don't know. It, it's it's Then you're saying you don't value yourself. Um, so now the way I grew my business doing website design is at first I did do a website free here and there, partially because I didn't really know what I was doing. And that was my education and, and having a project um, gave me opportunity to learn and experience and work on it um, but pretty quickly, I went from doing a few sites for free to well, let's at least put a few hundred dollar value on this and um and then the more experience I got, and the more value I felt I could give to my clients, and the more I was learning and researching and um, then you know my request for compensation increased to the point where you know now I think I'm fairly paid i'm I'm competitive with others in the market. And I also know that what I am giving to people is actually valuable. It's not some smoke and mirrors, fake information and they walk away and they they have nothing. No, they have a website if and if they're marketing and using it- accordingly, it is there. It's something sort of tangible um when the power's on the <laughs> computer's on, it's tangible um but yeah, so i yeah, I think um yeah feeling feeling that you have something valuable and then owning that and going out there, when you put that energy out there, it it will come back to you. So don't be so hesitant. I I don't love the, the, a lot of bartering, honestly. I think that it's um, because I do a lot of networking with women and small uh, business owners, uh, mostly women. I, I unfortunately see a lot of bartering and, it's just my strong opinion that it's not necessarily mm-hmm. the greatest thing because I think it's keeping everybody small, and I get it. Everybody's afraid to, like, part with $500. But even if you, if you literally are bartering with somebody, if I, I don't see anything wrong with literally writing a check for $500, give it to your friend, and then they write you a check for $500, and, mm-hmm. and they pay you. What's wrong with that? Like, literally – I think you have to go through the motions of exchanging money and not necessarily just services and to make sure that that exchange is really fair. Um, I don't know. I guess I've seen a lot of people taking advantage of and also just staying small when they don't need to. I don't know. What's your opinion yeah. on
0: bartering, Rachel? <laughs> well, I feel very much similar. I think it depends on what the person needs. Like, yeah. Um, most women need help with money. That's just kind of how it works. I, I did. I do. You know, I just came to the realization that, this is going to sound really silly, because I do pretty well, but I I'm afraid to make a money goal for each month because I started feeling like that would make me a bad person. Like, then all of a sudden it would be all about the money. And, Luckily, my friend Patty and I were talking about it and she explained to me how, you know, my generation's really the first generation that was raised to expect, to be expected to, like, make their own way. You know, pretty much every generation before me was raised to believe that they would be taken care of by a spouse. Um, and so, you know, the energy in our culture is still predominantly that you know women don't make the money like making money is a man's thing there's just so many cultural things that I've kind of hit upon that um opened up for me to heal so i've gone through so many issues with money in the beginning cuz you know I'm a spiritual person <laughs> i do i i didn't want to charge for readings and that was reflected to me through other people saying that it was wrong to charge for readings and and so getting over that and really understanding that you're the one that puts the value on it and the other person can accept it or not and that there's nothing wrong with money money is just a tool any hesitation that we have around that is just old gunk that we're trying to heal up so yeah, I I, I like your method, Megan,
1: for a lot of reasons. <laughs> and we well, paid
0: each other lots of money
1: back and forth. <laughs> we we literally have. Um, and, of course, we've done little favors for each other too, but um, I paid you for coaching. I got a ton of value out of that. And then when you needed some help with the website, you paid me for some hourly work. and And I think it was great, and I think it was respectful of us um, to do that, both to respect ourselves and to respect each other, don't you think? Cause mm-hmm. yeah. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I personally know that my coaching work with you paid for itself easily and and quickly because my work with you was opening my eyes, and I you know I, I had one eye half open, and I knew something was out there but when you we were working with you it, it really expanded my view of the world and spiritually just you just let told me it was okay to blossom and and to have some faith and trust and um and one of the things i did tackle on and off here was was money and and infinite infiniteness as a being infiniteness as abundance coming in that were always taken care of. And I love the the phrase that our needs are always met because sometimes we just think it's wads of cash that we want or objects, but sometimes it's just more friends or a new pet or uh, a new project to work on. That's very fulfilling. It's not always cash. Uh, And so abundance comes in many different forms. And um, yeah, and so once you kind of allow that and and you're you're aware of that. I think it it opens it opens things up. So, yeah, yeah that was really it's been my experience. So, that's why I think I don't like the bartering thing a little bit because I don't know if you're really putting your full, you know, skin in the game or something. Like it's mm-hmm. There's like you're you're still holding back um when you think that all you can do is is just exchange on that level that and you're not really worth money like you know you're not worth the the check or the credit card deposit in your bank account um you're only worth a little bit of sharing i don't know i you are worth money if 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 you need it if you know you because we all need it to meet certain needs it's okay it's it's okay to ask and and you may it may be a little bit of blind faith that you think no one's gonna pay you but look at what you're offering, make sure you have something of value and you feel really good about it and and when you accept that no, this is worth something and you believe it, you're not just telling yourself that, but when you believe it, I think then that door opens and and money starts to flow a little bit more.
0: Yes, yes. Yeah, one of the things we're going to be talking about in the discussion series is how money is tied to working in alignment with your inner truth. So, it's just that like if you really know what you're doing is right for you and that you can help people or that, you know, what you have is of value to other people, um and you do it, it's just it's you're in alignment. Like things are mm-hmm. lining up for you, the energy's flowing, you'll be more inspired to you know, offer up what you have. And, and I have found that, um, you know, and we, like, we've been talking about these inner nudges a lot during this call and that's how I know when I'm in alignment or not. Like, like you're saying, do you really believe what you're doing is the best you can do right now? So when I'm not in alignment, my money situation, it dries up like totally when I am in alignment, even if I have to make a scary leap to get there, that's when the faucet goes back on. So, and, and you were just saying, like, the coaching paid for itself because of that, too. Like, you got more in alignment with your real inner truth, and, um, you know, the money flowed easier. So I I find that pretty consistently to be true, where if you are allowing yourself to really go where your value is inside of you, Um, where your truth and your spirit are leading you to inside
1: yourself, then the money does really come. Well, the alignment is so key, and I'd love to talk about that for a minute because I was um, definitely even just a few years ago um, very uncomfortable with certain aspects of what i thought was necessary to market my business and um and, and this is just true for me it's not true for everybody but for me certain aspects of marketing and advertising make me very uncomfortable and yet the circle i was following is some of, you know the networking groups i was going to i was hearing the same message you know morning noon and night this is how you market a business and and it felt icky to me, but I tried to do it and follow those steps, and it always felt icky, and it really got me nowhere. And so I encourage everybody to monitor the icky feeling um, because there's a lot of info out there and a lot of experts out there um, that are you know offering ideas and that's great they can do that but just because they look polished and they're big and they're running Facebook ads it, if it feels icky then it's not for you uh, no matter how many other people it worked for and that was probably one of the biggest things I learned working with you Rachel was monitoring the icky feeling <laughs> and um, at this point I I don't do much marketing at all. What I love for my business is referrals. I, I love the people that are my clients. They tend to stay long-term. I tend to do multiple sites for them, whether it's multiple businesses or projects, or, um, or they just want to revamp every few years because we all like a new polished look. Um, and, I don't pay for any advertising. I don't, whatever, because it, it never resonated with me, but people resonate with me and, and being open and chatty uh, and even becoming kind of friends with the clients that works for me. It's not for everybody, but that works for me. And so it was an alignment issue and I was out of alignment for a while. Yeah. I love
0: that. I love that monitor the icky feeling too. That's <gasps> a great word because that's the truth. Like, <laughs> We just start to feel you know we know when we're going in the wrong direction and and we know when we're in the wrong place, like if you're still going to a job that you constantly have an icky feeling and have been there, um it doesn't mean you have to quit right now, but it means open your eyes to other opportunities that may present themselves because um you know sometimes. We, we're we doing the icky thing because we're not allowing in the other option. Like, we're judging the other option. Like, yes. if years ago, if somebody were to just tell you, Megan, I know you're feeling icky about this, but the truth is, just be yourself. Don't do anything that makes you feel icky. It's that simple. Just go and take off your blazer and, you know, <laughs> stop going and... uh you know, not really being your true open personality, um, you would probably think, like, oh, I can't do that. It's not that easy. Like, you had to kind of take one step
1: at a time and grow into that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and it it was like a backing out of of things. Um, You can't just, you know... uh, up and change everything in one day but it was this chipping away of like okay well that feels a little less icky okay so that's good and now it's even less less and um until you get to the point of of no icky and at this point you know i am very resistant to anything that makes me <laughs> feel uncomfortable and uh, well so i've learned to say no or learn just not to get myself into situations where I, I think i'm going to be asked for things that aren't going to make me feel comfortable so um, but yeah give give yourself a little time and, and baby steps I'm still doing it of course all the time with, with different aspects of of my business life my personal life parenting my daughter you know still navigating when to say something when not to say something um, but my like part of my truth now and, and being me is speaking up and, and even sharing this with other people and sharing it with my family and just kind of coming out sometimes with sentences like, okay, this might sound a little harsh, but this is really how I feel about X, Y, Z, and I'm not going to judge myself for how I feel. Um, Yeah. So. But it took a few few years, chipping away.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You know, I think, so people who, if you're in big time ick, just remember that it's a process and that your inner truth will guide you to where you need to be. So just follow that, even if it doesn't look like a full solution at the time. It's it's incremental, and you'll only see one step at a time normally. You just have to trust it. Yeah, um, I love doing intuitive drawing when I'm really stuck, and all of you guys know how into that I am. And it helps me kind of see a bigger picture than just the yes-no of my body. And... Um, yeah, and Megan, you do other forms of expression, right? Like you do photography. Um, you were just saying you speak up more. Yeah. And, and how has that, like when you started adding expression into your day, what
1: did that do for you? Uh, well, it, it's been interesting because when you decide that, okay, I'm going to be me and less ick and all that, then you have to learn how to be you. in some ways that's what I felt like I've had to do the last few years because I was kind of playing a role, I was conditioned a certain way, you know, just by typical how your parents raise you, how society is, the, the mass media, you know, you you buy into everything. And so you're behaving a certain way, and when you have this awakening and, and new awareness, it takes a while to get comfortable in your skin again because you're not used to saying no to certain things you used to just always feel obligated for and stuff. So so it takes a little bit of time I think um to figure that out and then um and to trust that it's going to be okay. Like if I do speak out it's going to be okay and there could be a little backlash or this and that but it isn't the end of the world. So you you test the waters. I think is is what I've been doing. And then photography has been very symbolic for me. I always loved it when I was younger um, and, and I've always had, I think a little bit of an aptitude for it. I mean, I, I was never the person to cut people's heads off in a photo and things like that, but really embracing the photography now as a hobby has made me again, try to figure out who am I? Because I, have decided, you know, I don't want to just take a picture to take it. Yes, I can frame this bridge and make it look right and have the right angle and get the lighting and exposure and all that right, but I don't want a picture of a bridge. I would rather have a picture of a of a bumblebee on a dandelion and be right in the grill of that bumblebee despite my fear of bees and and take this picture that's so amazing that when you bring it up and look at it large, you see this inner world of the bumblebee and how detailed every aspect of the bee is and how magical nature is and and so i've in my creative endeavors i've been struggling to just make sure that even with snapping a picture that this picture is me and something i want Um, and i'm not just taking it because other people take these pretty pictures of bridges or something i'm taking it because it it's meaningful to me does that make sense it totally
0: does yeah and And another thing I want to point out is, like, when you started being more creative in your life, other things started to happen, too. So it wasn't just that you were more creative and that was fine. Your business changed. Your personality changed. Like, not, you know, not in a big way, but you're just happier. Um, So adding that back into your life, which is really part of your inner truth, was that you loved photography, when you added that back in, it was more of a change than just the fact that you started up
1: a hobby again. Yes, very much so. Um and, and that does pose the the question again of, you know, can a career be everything? Um and totally fulfilling. And for me, um, you know, creating websites all day is not totally fulfilling But what happened was when I started to be honest with myself about that and and realizing I need more creative outlets, what should I do? And gee, I should be speaking more. So, Oh, Hey, why don't you do a radio show? (laughs) Um, But when that started and I started to allow myself to do those creative things, it rippled right back into my business and I kind of fell back in love with doing my projects and suddenly more projects have just started to come in just naturally. It's, amazing. And I know I know it's not me marketing because that's me being in an icky place. So I haven't done any marketing or changed anything in that aspect, but I changed myself in all these other places and it just rippled right into the business. So it's it's ironic, honestly. Um how like you said when somebody just tells you, "Well, why don't you just be yourself?" that oh, gosh, that really works, but it's not instant. Um, yeah. For me, it's, it's still unfolding, but that's really literally, that's the only way I can explain that, you know, the business is going well, the photography is going well. I've met new people with the photography, little meet-up groups, and now on the weekends we usually meet on a Saturday for a few hours. I'm having lunch with these perfect strangers that are lovely and amazing and smart and funny and all because I let myself pick up a camera. I can't believe it. So mm-hmm. it just keeps rippling, you know. And Heck, I might do a website project for one of these photography friends one day. It's not my goal, but if that happened, it would be lovely because we would have this bond that we shared in the creative world and then, oh, yeah, you need a little business thing on the side? Sure, I can help you with that or not. Maybe that will never happen. I don't know. doesn't matter. Yeah.
0: I know. Well, I mean, I, I bring it up because I had a similar experience. You know, so Megan's piecing her herself her day together. I'm trying to make it all into one, but at the same time, um last year, I didn't focus on the intuitive drawing and bringing that into my business um It wasn't a consistent offering for me, and so I track my income and i also I track like what worked well that month and um you know what I had done in my business to kind of see any trends that come up. And last year, especially at the beginning of the year, I was mostly focused on teaching soulful printers how to have a business that really supports who they are. And I can get pretty serious. And so I think I was pretty serious about, um, you know, marketing myself as a business coach for light workers. And it was funny because I tracked my income and every single month that I did more arty, arty stuff like I had an intuitive art class, or I offered readings with intuitive drawings. I I outperformed by a lot the other months, and by September I started noticing this was a real trend. You know, so like the, my three highest months last month were or last year were really focused on being more artistic, and I just thought that was it was too much of a coincidence to be a coincidence yeah and especially from what you went through megan i really I truly do believe that when you're more in alignment with your inner self, like in the outer world, so when you're expressing yourself truly there there is more abundance in all areas that come in, like you said, friendships, money, um emotional support, all of that stuff is is better because I think you're allowing more come in. So when you're allowing more of you to go out, you allow more to come in. And
1: I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. And so so I think if people are stuck in maybe an icky job right now or or whatever, if, if you can just eke out as many hours of the day that you can sneak in joyful activities. And when you get out of the icky job, you know, make sure you're not just lined up with one icky obligation after the other but instead you're you're doing something you really, really want to do um, it, that will make a difference and, and things will shift the icky job might get less <laughs> yeah, icky or you may be offered a change or a new opportunity may come in but I think it's just putting in those hours, as much hours of joyful activity as possible seems to open things up and you seem to really yeah. you like monitored it huh. Mm-hmm. Um, with some facts and some observation as to what you offer. Isn't that funny? Like, cause, because we are so conditioned, I think so many of us, not everybody, but many to think like art, well, that's just a hobby thing. You can't make money being artistic or, but it's like, or, <laughs> or maybe you're just being told that. And um, there's lots of yeah. different art is not just, you know, sculpture or whatever. Art comes in many different forms. And for you, your art is like very therapeutic for people. They're, yeah. they're reading Yeah. Their higher self. And you want to talk for a minute about what the intuitive drawing is?
0: Yeah. So intuitive drawing it it's a really a healing modality. It connects you with your higher self or source or God or whatever you call that bigger wisdom part of you. Um and it allows you to ask a question of that place of higher wisdom and get an answer that you can really understand through drawing. So it's not art in the way that you're going to, you know, paint a beautiful picture and hang it on your wall. It really will look more like scribbles when you're done. And you do it uh, with your eyes closed. It's really just channeling um, information from a higher source and, and knowing how to read that drawing so that you can kind of have a two-way conversation with with that place of higher wisdom. It's like taking your intuition and how you feel those inner nudges of, you know, yes, no, or go this way or go that way, and giving it its own language. So it's a much easier way to communicate with your higher self and get actual information, like, you know, what's what's it going to look like if I take this job, or what does my relationship look like right now? And it, it gives you the honest truth about where you are and what could possibly happen in the future, what happened in the past, how you can heal things, etc. cetera. So it's really awesome. And we're gonna be doing some intuitive drawing during this discussion series. And I, I will teach you how if you don't know already. So um, I believe there's a link on soulfulpreneur.com underneath this show. Um, but what I also want to mention is that I I teach people how to be certified intuitive artists, and and that's where you learn this modality, but you also learn how to do readings for other people and how to bring others a sense of healing through this art. And they all make money, you know. They um, I just had one woman who did an expo uh, a month ago, and over the two days, she did 20 readings um, when I did a fair last year at Sound, the woman who was doing intuitive art there, she had a waiting line the whole day. Um, and I have people who do readings out of their offices for $75 an hour. Like, the whole notion that you can't make money being artistic is, is just a, a self-limiting belief that y- you have installed in you that you can remove. There are there's a really big market for being yourself and making money no matter what that means. So even if you're not artistic and you feel like nobody would pay you for what you do, that's just your your
1: own mind saying that it's not really the truth. Wonderful. I I did go to that event at Found in Newtown last year and I did see that there there were people waiting to Yeah. Um, yeah, that was neat. Yep.
0: I know. Libby was what, my first real um, long-term student. She she came pretty much every other week for a very long time. So, yeah, she she does it every day. Yeah, that's
1: great. I know. So, when does the discussion group start for people that um, are listening and and might want to jump in on that?
0: Yeah. So the discussion starts today at four p.m.
1: Pacific.
0: Um, and it goes for two weeks. So we're doing Tuesdays and Fridays, this week and next week. So everything's also recorded. If you can't get there live, you can watch it on the replay. And and like I said, it's it's a discussion. I'm going back and forth with you because I was talking to Megan about this earlier. If we don't talk about it and if we don't examine the possibility that we can really have a day that's truly fulfilling – and that makes us money, then we probably won't change what we're doing now. Like, we'll stay on autopilot. And and that's not where we want to be. We at least want to examine the possibility of being able to be artistic, to be ourselves, to be intuitive, and to have a career that satisfies us. Like Megan, you can do it piecemeal. Like, she teaches a psychic development class. She does this radio show. She has her own web design practice. Um, I don't think you call it a practice, probably a business. (laughs) Um, And she does photography during the day. But since she works for herself, she can make that all happen. Um, You know, like I'm sure you don't sit down and work eight to four and then do your photography. You can mix and match what you want to do based on what you've got
1: going on. Exactly. 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 Yeah. So that freedom, right. And then the more you enjoy and live that freedom, the more freedom you want and and you make decisions um, from that feeling. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. yeah. So wherever you are in your,
1: um, if you're working for someone
0: else, if you have a part-time job, or if you just want to talk about this with us, just sign up with that link. It's totally free. And we're going to be going over like I said earlier, four sessions. So there's one on how you can integrate your inner truth into what you do, um, how to be fully expressed in your work, like you know how you can add in creativity or, like Megan, how you can bring back a childhood hobby like photography, um, how you can get that sense of service and fulfillment. Um, so maybe you donate some of your products to... Um, a charity. You know, like Leonie Dawson, she has a million dollar a year company and she charges for everything that she does. But every year she donates uh, like thousands of copies of her workbook to women's shelters. So like how do you get that sense of fulfillment and giving back to your community out of what you do? Because I feel like we all have that part of us of wanting to give back and It can be really hard to find a way how to do it if you're already overtaxed, you know. Um, And then how you can feel that inspired action in your work. I remember working for an office. There was no inspired action. There was just doing the same old thing every single day. That was so boring. That didn't challenge me. So how can you add that, that spark back to what you do? And we'll be doing intuitive drawing in each session so you can get your own personalized answers. It's not just me telling you what to do. Um, But I'm also going to introduce a little bit more about um, being a certified intuitive artist and the examples that they can share because they have done all this. um, And I think it's just a great great way to learn from others' stories. So I'll be talking more about them too.
1: Awesome! It's exciting. So, yeah. yeah. So, if, if you go to soulfulpreneur.com, right now it's on the home page. That link, but if you're listening to this archive um, a few months in the future, it'll be on, on our blog page, and we may also add a a link to it somewhere else. Rachel, we'll have to think about that on the website. To make sure.
0: Yeah, we'll post it on Facebook too. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Yeah. God, I can't believe this has already been an
1: hour. I know. Time nice flies <laughs> when you're having fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, we haven't done a Just Megan and Rachel show for a while, so this was nice to just connect I know, and speak from the heart. And, um, yeah. So I think our listeners
0: can tell that we like talking to
1: each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're not afraid to talk about the weird stuff and the dreamy stuff and anything in between. So it's great. Yeah, you know, I want
0: to tell you from something that surprised me. Um, you know, a lot of people are afraid of adding their true expression into their work, and I'm no exception, even though I seem to be pretty comfortable with everything that I do. But this year, I've been wanting to add more and more about, you know, star families and ETs into my work because it's pretty fascinating to me, and... I was hesitant because I thought people are going to think I'm crazy. But this month in the Intuitive Art Academy Club, I let everybody vote each month on what what drawing class we're going to have. And this month it was between two other choices and drawing an aura, uh, drawing a relationship, and um, channeling a message from your star family. And 90% of the votes are for channeling a message from your star family.
1: So Amazing. So you, you have I to know. stop judging that people aren't mm-hmm. interested in that information, and this is showing you that. Exactly. Yeah.
0: yeah. So be brave, everybody. It's, it, if you're afraid to do it, it's probably the best thing you can possibly do.
1: <laughs> right. Right. Yeah.
0: That's great. Cool. Just wanted to add that in. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've come to the end.
1: Uh, yeah. I it. Yeah, it was a good discussion. We... Mhm. And
0: uh, hopefully, I'll see a bunch of you later on. Everything is live, like I said. If you come live, and then it's also recorded, and uh, it's a hangout, so you'll get to see me and uh, my newly dyed pink hair, even though it's very light. So, announcement time. Sounds good. Yeah. Um All right. so we do have some great shows coming up this month. So um, next week we have someone who's about reading auras, right? Uh, Yes, we do. Viol- her name is Violet, Violet Aura. Violet Aura is her name. Yes. Mhm. And then at the end of the month we have Lisa Jones again. We loved her show. So
1: we're so excited she's back. Yeah, she's going to be talking about her trip to Brazil and her work with John of God so who is an amazing healer and he does distance healings and in-person healings he's really quite phenomenal and i'm not sure how many people really know a lot about him so lisa will bring um some info on him perfect awesome
0: well everybody have a great week and thank you so much for listening and we'll we'll talk to you next time bye bye here are the announcements for the enlightenment evolution network Wednesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific is the Enlightenment Evolution Hour with Rob Gothier. Rob channels a being called Treb who will take caller's questions, and Rob also hosts special guests such as channelers and other metaphysical teachers. You can find out more about Rob on Facebook at the Enlightenment Evolution Network page or on trebchanneling.com. Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific is Philip Mollica's Consciousness Evolution Hour. On Philip's show, he will be discussing an in-depth, wide range of metaphysical topics from the perspective of the fifth dimension. You can find Philip and the Consciousness Evolution 2.0 group on Facebook, and you can also subscribe to Philip's YouTube page by searching Philip Mollica. Friday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific is the Earth Experience with Kalina Angel. The Earth Experience explores our soul's expansion through our human experiences on Earth. Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific is Victoria Vive Swang's show, Earth Sky People Radio, your bridge between heaven and Earth. She'll talk about living in oneness with one another, with Mother Earth, and with life beyond Earth. Sundays at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific is The Resonance Intention, hosted by Sol and Neil Garr. Sundays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific is About Oneness with Karen Newman. She presents a weekly radio program focused on celebrating the ongoing conscious awakening of our planet and our realization of oneness and unconditional love. Karen is an author, lecturer, integrated channel, and intuitive. Mondays at 10.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Pacific is Heart to Heart Talk Radio with Daniel Scranton. Join Daniel and his featured guests as they discuss such topics as the shift, ETs, global events, channeling, energy work, toning, and sound healing. Each show will open the lines to colors, generating high-frequency discussions on anything and everything related to living on planet Earth, and beyond and then there's our show on tuesdays 3 p.m eastern noon pacific where we talk about spirituality and business we hope to see you next week lots of love